0: I felt very clearly um, to uh, a very certain type of message. I didn't feel a certain title or anything, though. Uh, I felt a certain type of message. wasn't sure where we're going, but I know where. I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to come out, but I know where we're going. So, if we would, let's open our Bibles and let's turn to the book of Acts, chapter number some of you can probably, if you've been around here a while, you know where I'm going today, already. At least you think you do. So, Anyway, Acts chapter number 2, I'm going to start reading in verse number 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, What shall we do? What shall we do? If you will, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to say what you want me to say today. Not what I think it needs to be said or anything else, God. Just let your word be spoken in Jesus' name, amen. And we'll be preaching today from this title, What Shall We Do? What shall we do? Now, I I think I can say this, and most of you will not question this statement. If you will question this statement, I've got plenty to back me up on it. Sin is a huge human problem that permeates through every bit of our lives. Every human on the planet has sinned or will sin. If they haven't got there yet, I assure you they will. And I'm, I'm fairly certain the only people in this place that I the only person in this place that i would really question has ever sinned would be the 6 month old in the building and there he is he said he made himself known he just cried it out anyway that's about it every human on the planet has sinned or will sin um uh, ally little had a baby today i'm and if time courses on the way that it already is by the time that this world comes to an end he will have sinned that's just the way people work it's been around since Acts chapter number 3 Acts chapter number 3 the very first sin happened I mean Genesis chapter number 3 the very first sin happened Genesis chapter number three, the very first sin happened. We get to the next chapter and it continues on with the children of those first sinners being the the child of those first sinners being the first murderer. And then the gene carries on and carries on. Within a few generations, it said, well, if Cain gets punished such and such number of times, I'm going to punish them even more. Let the, let the man that slain me to my hurt be hurt even more. And then we finally all pile up in Genesis chapter 7, and God says, all right, I'm done. And wipes them all out except for just a few. The entire human race gets wiped out except for one family he tells them go forth multiply and let your seed abound all around the earth and we get to just a few chapters later they're still not listening and God has to intervene by hand once again to split them all off and send them in different directions because we can't have that much sin concentrated in one place is what he was thinking we, we can't let humans keep on carrying on the way that they are right now. It just can't happen. Things have to change. And throughout all of these chapters, throughout all of this time, it just keeps compounding and compounding and getting worse and worse. Evil men waxing worse and worse is the way that it says. Yeah. We we get to God chooses his own nation and his own people. He tells him to come out from among them and be separate. He tells Abraham to leave his father's house and come out into a different land that I will show you. And we continue throughout Abraham's life and Abraham has God tell him a specific way he wants him to live. And yet Abraham hearkens unto his wife and sins when they go out and he wants to protect his wife he sins to protect her it goes on to the next generation and where abraham told a half truth his son tells a complete and total untruth about his own wife and then we get to the next generation after that and jacob survives by sinning and then we hand it on to the next generation and they throw their brother into a pit and sell him. And then we come years and years later and they're in bondage due to the way that they've lived. They're, they're in bondage. They're being punished and they have to have someone come to deliver them. And Moses comes and delivers them. He gives them a law and he says, here, this is the way God wants you to live and These are all the provisions for if you don't live that way. Blood has to be spilled. And it just keeps getting worse. I mean, sure, it looks better, but we come to two books of the Bible later after Moses is gone and Joshua is gone. We're living in the day of judges, no king in Israel. And the book of Judges wraps up with this verse and says... At that time, there was no king in Israel, and everyone just did what they thought was right in their own eyes. Sin is an ever-permeating human problem, and it just keeps going that way. Even the man who's called the man after God's own heart has multiple chapters of the Bible dedicated to his greatest sin. And it just keeps going, and it just keeps going, and... We need a solution because it just keeps getting worse. If you think that this is just an Old Testament problem, if you think this is just an Old Testament problem, or it was just a problem in the New Testament even, um, you have nothing else that you've got to do but just turn on your TVs. Whether you're looking for fiction or not, we can give you your fill of sin. Whether you're looking for some fictional story on the TV, uh, I can give you options of movies literally in a genre called crime. Horror movies, war movies, all the atrocities humans have ever committed, history channel even you can see all the sin that we've committed as a society and if you are still questioning the idea of if we're sinful all you have to do is ask people about what we did 200 years ago they're more than well welcome to tell you about the fact that here in America this country that calls itself a christian nation has enslaved people and put them in camps and if you and if you don't like the idea that We're talking about what your ancestors did. Just turn on the news. And you can see the stories of rape and murder and war and lies and deception and cheating. And in fact, I even saw this one headline and it just threw me for a loop. Where a man in uh, the health minister of Britain was uh, caught cheating on his wife and what he apologized for wasn't that he was cheating on his wife, but rather the fact that he broke COVID restrictions by getting within six feet of the woman. Welcome to the world we live in. What shall we do? What shall we do? There there has to be an answer to the question, right, about what are we supposed to do? And maybe you're saying, oh, I've never done anything wrong i've not broken anything so bad i i've not cheated on anyone i've not uh, killed anyone i've not done this i've not done that i i don't have these problems solomon would say you're wrong he said in the book of second king of first first kings i I read this verse and I, i i just thought it was so interesting he said in first kings chapter 8 verse number 46 for there is no man that sinneth not there is no man that sinneth not we've all sinned and it was put by paul this way he said all have sinned and come short of the glory of god and and that's what these people here in acts chapter number two were saying they were saying We've not done anything wrong. But Peter was more than ready to tell them, This Jesus that God made, both Lord and Christ, you have killed. Jesus, when he was on the earth earlier, just going through his ministry, he talked about how the people of the day said, Well, if we'd been around uh, hundreds of years ago when the prophets were here and walking freely among us and, and just saying the words of the Lord, we wouldn't have killed them. Your fathers were the ones that killed him. Killed them is what Jesus said. And what makes you think you will be any different? And in the end, they did exactly what Peter said. They killed him. They crucified Jesus. They beheaded John the Baptist. And just a few days removed from Acts chapter 2, there would be another man that they put onto the chopping block, preaching the word of God once again. And yes, we are the same. We're just like them. We are just as bad of sinners in this day and age, if not worse than they were then. And I'm not ready to necessarily say that we are worse, but we are at least just as bad. We are no better than the men of Rome. We just sin differently. We've we've labeled it different things. We don't label them, we, we, we don't necessarily, necessarily label it uh, quite the same that they did. We just, we, we just watch it on our phones now. We don't actually make people do it. We, we just, we, we, in order to not kill people, we instead watch people killing people with special effects just so we can satisfy that idea so that we don't have to go out and do horribly perverted things we're more than willing to just boot it up on a laptop on a website and watch but the thing is so many people <laughs> it, it makes the headlines now just how horribly, horribly the porn industry actually treats the real people that are in those videos by the way what shall we do What are we supposed to do about it? Well, I told the class today, and so you may hear some repeats. In Matthew chapter number one, we hear Joseph heard that Mary had been found pregnant of the Holy Spirit, and he decided he was going to put her away quietly. So as to not make her have to deal with it. But as he thought on these things. An angel come to him in a dream and says. Yes what has happened is of the Holy Spirit. Mary you will have a son. You will raise that son. And you will call his name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. That name Jesus means that Jehovah has become salvation. He came and he gave us hope. There was a, we get to John chapter 4 and Jesus is going through his ministry. He meets a woman who has sinned a lot. She's known for being a sinner in her town. And she says, and she's coming quietly to try and hide her shame from everyone. But she's met by a man who she thinks shouldn't be talking to her. And this man is Jesus. And Jesus tells her, he said, look, I know what you've done. I know all about you, but you know what? If you knew who I was, then you'd be asking me to take care of you. He tells her, he said, I will give thee living water. And if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. You'll never thirst again. You'll never have to desire this natural stuff that the world pours out. But you can desire this instead. It says in John chapter 1 or John chapter 3 that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. We don't have to desire those same things because Jesus has come and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. I'm the vine. If you'll, uh, if I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you'll stay with me, I'll give you your nourishment and life. He said, I'm the bread of life. I'm the... Door of the sheep. If anyone comes in any other way, they are a thief and a liar. Anyone who's coming in some way that's not me, that's not the way. That's not the truth. That's not the life. That's not the way that this is supposed to work. He is our hope. He is our freedom. He is our redemption. He said, I'm the way, the truth and the life he said I'm the Lord and I am and I changed not he said he came and he was giving hope that we didn't have to be the same way he said he said my way that I do things blessed are the meek Blessed are those that are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they're going to be filled. I give them hope. I'm not giving people that are are sinful. People, you know what? If they're praying just to be seen, they already have their reward. If If they're fasting just so they can cover up their faces and twist them up and make it look like they're hungry and sad, that's all they're getting. But I tell you, you know what? You've heard it said. He said, you've heard it said that you should love your friend and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for them that persecute you. Do good to them that despitefully use you. If they take you to court, give them twice as much. If they, want, if they, if they force you to do a little bit for them, for do a lot for them. And if the whole world would work this way, it would be a lot better. If the whole world lived that way, it would be awesome. But the problem is he was telling these things to a world that didn't live that way. He told these things to a world that did not live that way. And those who felt called out got mad. Those who felt called out decided from this moment, he's going to die. From this moment, this guy who's telling people to do good is going to die. From this moment, this guy that says that we're not good is going to die. It said at one point that they knew he was talking about them. And from that moment, they decided to talk amongst themselves and figure out a way that they could betray him. In fact, it even says one of the very men that followed him was called out by him. And said from that moment, he was looking for his opportunity to turn against him. Jesus came speaking life, speaking hope, and telling the people that were awful, horrible sinners and some of the worst of the worst in the eyes of most of the people in the world that there was a way out. And the way out was, follow me. Sell all you have and give it to the poor and follow me. Let the dead take care of their own dead and follow me. Drop your nets and follow me. Turn away from your old life and follow me. That was the way. The whole way through was follow me. Follow me, follow me, follow me. So that's why I find it incredibly interesting that it remained true to the very end and it still remains true to this day. Follow me doesn't mean walk with me on the streets anymore though. It doesn't mean follow me to the place where I live. It doesn't mean follow me to the place where I'm going to be doing a miracle. It doesn't mean follow me, or it doesn't even mean go quite the same way anymore. It doesn't mean that we're all going to live in one camp and eat the same food together. Instead, it's laid out in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 says this. I, I said a little bit of in class today, and you're going to be hearing some repeats if you were in class with me. I'm sorry, but it's the way it's got to be. 1 <laughs> Corinthians 15, chapter, uh, uh, verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached to you, which you have received wherein you stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received... Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Then he goes on to say, He was seen by this one and he was seen by that one. I have proof it really happened. And finally, he even appeared unto me. It's real. In the Old Testament, the way that they had to be purified was first they had to be brought out of bondage. Then they had to walk through a Red Sea. And then finally they went to a mountain called Sinai where they had the law written down for them and had a tabernacle built so that they could come together with Jesus. In John 3 and 5, he put it this way though. Except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus came and he became that door to the sheep. He became the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man could come but by him. No man can enter into heaven except by him. There is no other way. You must be born again. If you want out of sin, if you want out of addiction, if you want out of your problems, and you just don't see a way out, you think, hey, it's always been this way. I messed up, too bad, so sad, got to keep on living with it. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it has to be. Jesus told the woman at the well, hey, There's going to be a day coming, and it now is, where the Father seeketh those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. He said, and this he spoke of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive, because the Holy Ghost wasn't poured out yet. He told them, and he, he told them, he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to give you a way. There's going to be a different way. There's going to be a different thing you can do. You can follow me. And if you will follow me, then you can receive me. You can receive my spirit. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He, though he were dead, yet he shall live you can live and in fact he told uh, he told Nicodemus in in John chapter 3 he said hey you can be born again born again now this confounded Nicodemus because he was thinking very literally for some reason he was thinking so literally. He said, born again, I have to somehow crawl back inside my mother's womb and be born? That sounds gory and terrible. Yeah. No. Born again of the water and of the Spirit. Amen. I'm not sure that enlightened him too much more. I'm not 100% sure it would have enlightened me too much more. That's the reason the conversation continues. <laughs> And he keeps on going and he keeps on talking about how that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. If you have been born into a human body, you're going to act like a human and be tied down to sin. But if you will let the spirit birth you. Then I can work with that. In Galatians chapter 5, he talks about now the works of the flesh are manifest. And he talks about fornication and uncleanness and murders and envy and drunkenness. and. But the fruit of the Spirit yeah. is love, joy, peace, yeah. long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Do you want that to be your life or you do you want to be tied up in drunkenness and envy and witchcraft and fornication and all the things this world is tied up in let me tell you best case scenario i I, i've heard it put this is the way that i've always felt about it if a christian is wrong they'll be remembered as a decent person if a sinner is wrong they end up in hell It's not about your memory on earth anymore once you've made it to eternity. Once you've made it to eternity, I don't care what life on earth was like. Jesus gave you a way. He gave you the truth. And he's given you a door to life. So be born again of the water and of the spirit. Be born again of the water and of the spirit. And if that don't make sense to you. Let me answer this question the way it was originally answered. What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this promise is unto you. It's to your children and to all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words, he continued to exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. This world is messed up. It's terrible it's not good there are people who are afraid to even bring children into this messed up world that's the reason it's a trend that people are having less children now because they say to themselves oh i couldn't possibly bring another human into this world but the thing is why is it that christians have a higher birth rate than sinners because they realize this world is not my home i'm just passing through my hope is stored up somewhere beyond the blue i know that jesus has hope i know that if i don't continue to live my life the way that i live it right now that there is no hope but if i live the way my life is right now then i have a hope i have a hope of heaven because this promise is to me it's to my children and to everyone that is afar off the lord has called all men everywhere to repentance he doesn't he's not left you out of that promise because he's calling all men everywhere it's to you it's for you there's a hope for you in this world That's the simple truth. This is a hope that's for you. And if you question, if it's for you, if you question how this works, let me just lay it out for you. In this moment, in this day, in this verse, 3,000 people were added unto the church that day. 3,000 people, people that spoke every different kind of language, people from all kinds of different nations, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost, when the Spirit was fully come on the day of Pentecost, fully come, they all began to speak with other tongues after a sound as a rushing mighty wind swept through the house. That's how the Holy Ghost looks. And then Peter said, if you want to get that, that manifestation of the Holy Ghost that will come out first initially as speaking in other tongues, then you need to repent, be baptized in Jesus name and receive that gift that will come out. And when that gift comes, then when that promise comes, it's going to come out speaking in other tongues. And it's still available to this very day. But you hear about it all throughout the Bible. We get to the book of Acts chapter number uh, 8. Philip is preaching in Samaria. And all kinds of people are receiving the Spirit. Well, all kinds of people believe. And they've repented. But they've not received the Spirit, I mean. They've not received the Spirit yet. So so he calls for Peter. He said, I want you to preach that message from Acts 2 again. I don't know if that's actually the message you preach, but it's the same. It's the same concepts he taught them because it came when he came. They, they were baptized. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, yeah. Yeah. and they knew they hadn't been filled with the Holy Ghost yet. But they received the Holy Ghost there. Acts chapter ten. Someone comes a knocking to Peter again and says, "Hey, we need you to come to us because an angel told us you need to tell us something." And he comes to him and he says. And he comes and he preaches to these foreigners that shouldn't be able to receive the promise he doesn't think. But he preached because Jesus said to. And as he was still preaching, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And then he says, can someone bring me some water? These people need to be baptized. The full promise has to come together. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. I talked about the importance of the name. And that name needs to come on you in baptism. It has to come. And that has to be the way it happens. It's the only way that it happens. Acts 19, there's some people, they've repented. Paul comes up to him and he says, Hey, I hear that you believe that you're believers. You believe this message that I'm preaching. Have you received the Holy Ghost yet? You believe? Awesome. That's wonderful. He said, they've never heard of it. They've never heard that this Holy Ghost is a thing. And he says, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. You need to back this up. You've obviously not heard the message I heard. How were you baptized? We were baptized by John. Oh, so you've repented. Awesome. We got one step out of the way. Good. You need to be... John said you needed to do that so you'd be ready when it was time to be baptized in the name of Jesus. So when they heard that, they... They said, okay, let's do it. Let's get in there and let's get baptized. And then they received the Holy Ghost. The full thing come together. It's all got to happen. Every single one of these steps is important. If the Bible doesn't say specifically they were baptized in Jesus' name, it don't say any other way. And if, they, and if it doesn't outright mention what happened when they received the Holy Ghost, we've got enough other outside evidence to know this is the way it looks. It all has to come together this way. And all of this is necessary because this is the plan of salvation. And this is what we need to do. Because sin will continue in your life. You will continue to sin. You will still struggle with sin. And there's only one way to overcome the power of sin, and that is through the Spirit of God. It's the only advantage that we don't struggle horribly with sin anymore. No. It's so much better than just that. It's replaced, it's made better. You're not in bondage to sin anymore. Instead, you have Jesus on the inside of you. He even said that when you receive the Spirit, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you can become a witness and continue to share it with other people. You'll see miracles take place. You can call and cast out every devil that would try to attack someone. You can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. All of those things are an option. But there's only one... Way for it to happen. And first, you've got to get the power of the Holy Ghost inside of you. And it is simple. It is so simple. I've laid it up and down and back and forth, I think, so far. You need to repent. You need to turn away from sin. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to talk to somebody and get them to where they'll get you to some water that you can go under the water, as they say, in the name of Jesus. And you will be promised after that that the Holy Ghost can come upon you, will come upon you. All you have to do is get and say, God, pour it out. And it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You will speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Not anything that makes sense in your own head or your own mind. But something that is the supernatural power of God is gonna come out. I've not got anything more to say than that. That's the full that's the full story. That's the full thing. That's the whole message for today. It's How long have I been? It's not been. I don't think I've gone too long. That's the full story. Does anybody is anybody looking for something different, something to change? Something has to happen. It's got to happen. Something has to shift. We can't keep living the way that we're living in this world today. And if we don't get this power, this Holy Ghost inside of us, then there is no other hope. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We need this hope that Jesus gives us. Yeah. This is what we need to do. If you're wondering what is my next step, if you're wondering what can I possibly do, i I'm, I'm come to this church because life isn't making all the sense it needs to make. Okay, I'm going to tell one story and wrap up. I can't get somebody on the let me tell you how this looks in action in a modern context for somebody. I believe the year was 2018. I had been teaching a Bible study for a little bit, and we were um, we met this boy and his little brother in a park in in Veterans Park in Marion, Kentucky. Brother Donald Ewing took him to that Bible study. And shortly thereafter, he started attending church with us. I remember a very interesting time praying for this boy on that altar right there. Me and Texas prayed for him together. And we led him through repentance where we basically just said, (laughs) and he he said, I don't know. I don't feel Jesus right now. It's not Jesus that's... (laughs) But we led him through to repentance in that time. A little bit after that, I had the opportunity to baptize him. In Jesus' name, right there on that sidewalk in a horse trough. But, finally, I will never forget the way that the last one, and I can put this in much better detail in my mind than the other two, The day that that boy received the Holy Ghost. it was a youth rally in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. And the preacher had called for everyone to come forward. I know who the preacher was. I can picture the place in there so well. This is a very strong memory to me. When he called for people to come forward. And the altars flooded. And all of our youth group was up front. But this boy Alex did not come forward. He wasn't with the rest of the group. I look over, and he, Texas tells me he said, "Hey, I think Alex is over there praying." I look over. He's he's got his hands raised, and he's looking like this. So I run over there, and we we pray for him for a little bit. I, I talk him through this. I say, "Hey, have you received the Holy Ghost yet?" No, I no. don't. Do you want the Holy Ghost? Yes. So, okay. Let me, let me just walk through this whole process one more time. And we repent together. And then we say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. And God, I'm sorry for everything I've done wrong. God, I want to make sure I'm clean so your spirit can come inside of me. And say, okay. Now close your eyes. Lift your hands. And when I lay my hands on you, we're in. We're going to be praying. You are going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He lifts His hand and we continue praying for a little while. And within just a few minutes, Alex was an autistic boy. It's the most unemotional speaking in tongues I've ever heard. As he just began to speak in other tongues. It wasn't anything super powerful or screaming out loud at all. But he was speaking in other tongues. And I and after we got back, he was in the car. He's like, I want that to happen again. I can't wait for that to happen again. And he was ready. He wanted something to be different. And I know for a fact, I am sure of it, that that boy is in heaven today because that happened. It's just a normal boy, right? Nothing big deal, it's not a crazy story at all. And you know what, it's not a crazy story. It's not a crazy story. It's never a crazy story. Now some of these accounts I've heard some people tell their story, they're a little weird doesn't have to be anything weird, it can just be a normal church service, when you hear an altar call, that you come forward someone lays their hands on you and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that baptism can be some not, not a red letter day for anyone else, but it can be the day that your life changes your time on an altar, it says no man may notice but, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner repenting than over a hundred people who need no repentance. So, I, if you're looking for a change, these altars are wide open. Come forward, repent of your sins. Say, Jesus, I need forgiveness. If you want, if you once you've repented, find somebody. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, track me down, track Pastor down, track someone down, and say, I need to be baptized in Jesus name, it needs to happen because I can't go one more day I'm going to be like that man that was in the book of Acts and that said hey, water's right here what's stopping me, I want to be baptized right now today and if you've done that, if you've done everything else you can receive the Holy Ghost today you can receive the Holy Ghost today, if you want the Holy Ghost today let me know Let somebody know and we will pray with you. We will pray with you to receive the Holy Ghost. Somebody come up here. If anybody is wanting to change, you need to come forward and you need to come where we can pray for you. Where you can pray, where you can receive the Holy Ghost. If you've not received the Holy Ghost, you need to receive the Holy Ghost today. Because that's the answer. What shall I do? What do I need to do? You need to get the Holy Ghost today.
1: The atmosphere is you
0: now For the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here. The atmosphere
1: message that Jacob preached today has been one of the most taken for granted sermon across Pentecost listen to me any night walked into this church and those of you that was here the first day he walked in He was a sight to behold. But Sister Tenny, this church gave 89 his best chance of making heaven his home. He had been kicked out of five churches in this town. But when he came in here, we loved him. And no matter what you thought at 89, that last Sunday, standing right there, two weeks ago, and he looked at me and he said, Pastor, I want you to pray that I keep the fire of Jesus in my life. You know what changed 89? It was this message. Amen. There five other churches, I don't know what they are, I I don't want to know who they are. Because I don't want any ill feelings towards anybody. Because that would bug me if I knew that some church kicked him out. Because that man was just looking for somebody to love him. That's what this message does. Because that spirit that he preached about the day of the Holy Ghost. Those of you who was in Sunday school, you heard me say it. The very first, uh, uh, the very first thing to tell you that, that somebody has the Holy Ghost is love. And he was looking for love. And we loved him. Alex was looking for love. And we loved him. I'm not God. I can't put any in heaven or hell I can't put Alex in heaven or hell but what I can do and what we're trying to do as a church and what he preached here today is that we're giving people the best chance they're ever going to have to make heaven their home is when they are born again of the water and of the spirit I want to make sure that I've been done what I can what shall we do we shall be born again. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, what you've been through, you can be born again. There ain't but one way to be born again. We gotta repent. He preached it, but let me preach it for just another minute here. You've got to repent. And there's not but one way to get baptized. It's the way the Word of God says it. Hallelujah. It's the only way anybody who was ever baptized, and that is calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's exactly what Jesus said. Jesus said, go baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And we know that singular name, praise God, is the Lord God Almighty. His name is Jesus. That's the only way, praise God. We go down in the and grave in the name of Jesus, and that's even he seals us and those that was up here today hallelujah, it changes our shame it guilt our conviction that shows us and I praise God to make eternity our home. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't I wouldn't want to go without it praise God I wouldn't want to go without it, praise the Lord what shall we do today we shall make heaven our home when we've been born again Hallelujah. And if you've not been born again, Jesus. you have an opportunity. We have an opportunity here today. And maybe you have. I don't know. But what I do know is I want it all over again. Praise God. I want to feel it again. I want to feel his presence. Oh God. I want to feel everything he's got for me. I want to feel it every day. I want to be cleansed. Praise God. Every day I want to feel his spirit. And I'm sorry. I just want to let us know that what he preached today is one of the most neglected sermons in our movement. Praise God. Oh, come on. There's so many churches. We just take it for granted. Oh, We've been born again. Oh, come on. Here hear today. Every time this sermon's preached, we ought to find an altar say, God, if you're not repentantly, so, oh, God, thank you that I was born again. Thank you, God. You gave me an opportunity not to be lost.
0: I'm going to and I'm going to go over here and I'm going to be thankful that I've been born again. If you've not been born again, you can't be. If you've not been born again, you will to thank God that you have been born again. So let's just love Him. here today and you, magnify Him.
1: Jesus I you. You this place through our hearts with your love, your love, your love.
0: The reason we came to encounter your love, your love,
1: your love.